so yeah, Jake, he, this is the worst case scenario, my friend. <laughs> this is everything we had been gearing up to avoid, right? Emotionally, physically, metaphysically is happening. It, it, it would shock me if it wasn't Mac Jones at number three. And uh, boy, I don't even know how to, I don't know how to handle that. I, I just don't. I mean, I think I'm going to still write up all three possibilities of course. just because I'm like 99% sure it's Mac Jones and I don't want to be left holding the bag. But boy, if Kyle, well, you don't want to have to do work on draft night. Yeah, right. You do, it, uh, you do it beforehand, and then you don't have to do anything. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, if Kyle Shanahan's not taking Mac Jones, he was sure as hell defensive about Mac. Like he was defending Mac Jones's honor throughout that entire press conference. Like you don't even know about Mac Jones. Shut up, you guys are stupid. I hate you. It was bad, man. It was bad. And here's and here's the one thing that stood out to me. A lot of people are like, he never even mentioned Mac Jones. You know who did mention Mac Jones? Like everyone who asked a question because it was clear that Kyle was hyper defensive about Mac Jones. So Kyle Kami asked a question saying, hey, how do you like Mac Jones? And he went on this whole diatribe. of No one understands Mac right. Jones. Did, didn't, well, he didn't speak anything specifically about Mac Jones. He was just like... You know, I don't. You, you can't listen to fans. You can't go on Twitter because yeah. it's irresponsible. You can't listen to any of that. Which okay, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. But then he had this weird take um, that's just not correct at all. Where he's like, you know, if if you liked him at twelve, you, it's like no, no, You'll no, no, no. At three, no, 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 no. We people would be fine with Mac Jones at twelve if Justin Fields and Trey Lance were off the board. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not the same equation. When you're comparing them to two other guys, because it makes no sense, you've given up two future first rounders and a third. Well, stop um, being so dramatic. That's that doesn't matter. the The Seahawks traded for Jamal Adams. They gave up two first round picks. So why right. is it a big deal that we traded three? By the way, he's a he's an a edge rusher who is a terror is a terrible trade. Like yeah, what, it was not it was not a good trade. Like it was like not using a good trade that as Seattle. an example. Like people are dramatic about it. Um, he was being pretty dramatic, and then he someone asked him. <laughs> this is a guy who traded his fucking all-pro defensive tackle, right, and the think, anchor of his defense for one first-round pick, and he's like, "Stop being so dramatic that I traded away three. Right, and Cam, I believe, asked Cam, him. Cam came out hot and heavy. He's just like, "How would you, how do you respond to people who don't like Mac Jones? Like, and he's not going to be popular with the fan base." And he's like, "Fuck right. you, right." And he, it's, and then and then he did this thing where. Chris asked him at the end. Yeah, I didn't get to yeah. get a chance to ask uh, a question because what there were, were you too many ask people in there. If you would I was going to ask him, like, what, if anything, have you learned from 2017? Like, what specifically <laughs> did you learn from that draft? <laughs> well, um, what was my tweet? It'd be wild if Kyle Shanahan's lesson from the 2017 draft is uh, trade up to get your quarterback, right. not don't pass on generational dual threat cha- talents. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so Chris was like, you know, basically – there's a clear, definitive, objective, obvious, real trend of, you know, athletic, dynamic quarterbacks who not, aren't just running quarterbacks, but are skilled in multiple ways, have significant arm talent, getting drafted high and succeeding in the league. And Kyle basically goes, there's no trend. Trends happen all the time. The Wildcat was good once. Uh, four three is good sometimes. Three four is good sometimes. You can play cover three. You know, it's you know you can win in different ways. Look at Drew. and then he out of nowhere is like, what about Drew Brees? What about yeah. Philip Rivers? And you're like, those guys. Oh my god! Last year, <laughs> right? He's mentioning the corpse of the NFL past. He's mentioning yes. these relics. Yes. 
And it's well, like Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Tom Brady is the exception to all rules. He was also taking 199. You look around the league and there's one quarterback in Tom Brady who is in a similar like mold in term. I guess you could say Kirk Cousins too um, ish. But why but would not, any? This is my. But Kirk Cousins thing hasn't the, won anything either. Correct. And Kyle Shanahan has this weird, deep-seated belief that he would want, he would have won more with Kirk Cousins, and I, I just disagree with that. There's just no evidence, man. Like we saw what happened firsthand, 2019 playoffs. Kirk Cousins. St- there are still imprints of Kirk Cousins in the Levi Stadium grass folding like, chair. He was just, it was just the second there was any pressure on him. And this is my biggest concern with Mac. I mean, we we talked about Mac a bunch on this show. Um, I think we both really like Mac as a quarterback. We just don't like him compared to the other guys. And we certainly don't like him uh, because we're both believers. Kyle Shanahan is not that the league is trending more and more towards athleticism at the quarterback position and not just trending that way. Like, I, I feel like it's an irrevocable inevitability that it will you will have to be a dual threat at the quarterback position to be successful. I look at the the three MVP candidates this year, the guys who finished one, two, three for MVP. It was Aaron Rodgers, who has always been dual threat. And listen, there is something to be said for he's not going to put it down and run, but he extends plays. They're second, third options. He's throwing off balance. He can throw it a fucking country mile like Aaron Rodgers is the prototype and Aaron Rodgers is atypical uh, of, you know, like a Tom Brady of a Peyton Manning of a Drew Brees of a Philip Rivers. And then you get Josh Allen comes in second place. Josh Allen is uh, the big white Cam Newton who didn't have shoulder problems like it, he's just a, a Superman. I mean, he's physically domineering and it took him two years to be fair. Uh, to turn into even a, a, a salvageable NFL quarterback. But when it clicked, it clicked in a big way, and Kyle Shanahan saw that firsthand. The third guy is Patrick Mahomes, and maybe Patrick Mahomes is such a... It's like uh, Kyle is like actually, he prefers them to be slower. It's like whenever he talks he about Mahomes, he's like, he's like it's nice because Mahomes has a balance. Like he's not run. It's like he's scared of a guy who's able to run fast. It's like RG3's memory just yeah. has never left him. I think there's a lot of that, actually, where it's what Kyle is looking for first and foremost in his quarterback is somebody who will do what Kyle says. And you know what? I get it. You're an offensive coordinator. You spend a lot of time working on this stuff. You can scheme dudes open a week in advance. Like You're really good at this. Like Kyle's a really good offensive coordinator. But when you require deference from your players – you have to be the best offensive coordinator. And honestly, with so many teams running more or less the exact same scheme as the 49ers now, defenses are going to figure it out. They really are. And defenses have just been getting you know, faster and more athletic year after year. They, they've stopped caring so much about uh, you know, what, what should a player look like, what was the prototype. Oh, well, he doesn't weigh 340 pounds, so he can't play defensive tackle. Fuck that. Get Aaron Donald in there. He's 290, but he's a beast. He's a super freak. And so they'll put him there. You get, you know, we're going to have a lot of teams, including the 49ers this year, going with three safeties, uh, 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 constant looks. You have full-time nickelbacks. I mean, this defense is getting faster and more mobile, and linebackers are guys like Fred Warner. And Fred Warner was a safety in college um, and, and has not lost, you know, that that spark with his feet. Like he is still light. You've also got to- Robert Sala, who is now on another team who do- is not bound by, 
you know, an obligation to Kyle to withhold information, which I think is maybe not that significant, but you know, that's another source of knowledge. It's was with Kyle for, you know, three, four years, just working with him, knowing exactly how his mind works Mm -hmm. and his offensive coordinator out there. So, yeah, but I mean, Kyle's Kyle's, I, I've had this stance for a while, and I maintain it. This was well before the Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance situation. I don't think America is ready to reckon with what the quarterback position is going to look like in about ten years, because uh, for a lot of uh, America, you know, it's these you know plain white quarterbacks coming in with you know, and they're the poster child. And you see, you've seen so much of this sort of belief of what the quarterback is supposed to look like and skin color apparently has a a significant role in it with a lot of the morons around the NFL. And I remind everybody that uh, you work at a job where I can't imagine I'm not speaking to you, Jake, because KMBR, of course, is nothing but brilliant people as is the San Jose Mercury News. But, um, you know, everyone works at a job except for us where, you know, you have some not so smart people. And you're like, how am I working with this more? And then there's also, you know, very smart people. And there's just the spectrum of humanity where you don't get it. The NFL has those morons. The NFL is not like this club where only the most brilliant football minds get in. The NFL has a lot of kids whose uncles who's, you know. There are a lot of high school coaches that know what they're doing much, much more than NFL people. And I'm not saying that that's the majority. What I'm saying is. When you look at like trajectories, it's a lot of great minds that like start off in high school. And the way a game always works is high school does something, colleges pick it up, and then the NFL picks it up five years later, and and everyone acts like it's you know something revolutionary. I mean, Alabama's the one team that was competing for titles, and of course they just have a preponderance of talent. They're the one teams that was competing for titles with just like this stationary pocket passer. And that's because, like, it's also because, like, Steve Sarkeesian right now is, like, he put on a, he literally put on a clinic where he's like, yeah, so this is what defenses do. And, you know, it's actually really easy to combat this because you just, you know, if they've, they play At the you college like, level, absolutely. Right. And it's, and then you got well, teams you that know. are just playing standard cover three the entire time. And he's like, all right, I'll just, we're just going to win by 40 points. Right. And it gets so much tougher at the NFL level where schemes and players are variable and dynamic. And I mean, <laughs> uh, I I have a difficult time evaluating what Mac Jones is going to be like because when he was, it, he was fucking awesome at Alabama last year. Right? There's no one who can argue that he wasn't just the tits. Right. But he was also in situations, countless situations, where he has the two best receivers in the country just full stop. I honestly, I, I, I like Jamar Chase, but like he had the two best receivers in the country last right. year. He had an offensive line that on countless occasions provided him five yards of security. Like I'm not even kidding. There would be several snaps against, you know, big time SEC schools, LSU, for example, watch the LSU tape where the LSU defensive line is rushing four and no one crosses the line of scrimmage. So Mac is back there with the, you know, five, five step drop. I mean, I can complete those throws, honestly. Uh, and he's got wide receivers that are schemed wide open. He has wide receivers that can separate no matter what. He's got a running back who all you have to do is dump it to him in the open field, and he's going to get you 30 yards because he's awesome. Like, this is not normal. This is not how shit works in the NFL, full right. stop. And so I just um, have no idea. I have no idea if it's going to work in the NFL. And it's something where 
I think there's a there's a misconception because you've got a lot of like, you know, uh, people that are being fed by sources talking up Mac Jones. And then you've got a lot of people who are saying he's garbage. And like most things, it's somewhere in between. Right. His footwork is tremendous for the most part. It's really good in the pocket. But he's not quick. Like he really, really, really does have trouble when there's pressure. Uh, and like I just – do you look at what happens when – Justin Fields, who was under pressure a lot. And like part of it is, you know, he was under pressure a lot, so he didn't trust his offensive line. And Mm -hmm. and so he started to to create some bad habits. Right. Whereas Mac Jones is just like, I've got all the time in the world. Oh, I'm sacked now. And has no real escapability. Like no NFL defensive end is not going to be able to catch up. He's not going to be able to shake them. Um, They're super freaks. He's and playing you can, super freaks right. every week. His only escapability to is going to be the Tom Brady thing where you have to really, really perfectly mm-hmm. anticipate pressure right. and know exactly where your lineman is and step up or step away or step behind it mm-hmm. and know when to throw it out. And that's going to take time. So He doesn't have it, though. He's going right. to start week one. Right. Like Tom Brady like wasn't a master of the pocket from day one. It takes yeah. time. It kind of was. That's from, the worst part. I mean, <laughs> Brady I don't know. Is like, I, I might have to go back to the rule. And, right. Yeah. I mean, he comes I, in off the bench for, for Drew Bledsoe and was just fucking awesome from like just the minute he came in. But uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, there was some how many f- times he was sacked. I, mean, I Did might he just not be totally win wrong. the Super Bowl his rookie year. He, he was sacked 41 times. Oh, Jesus. The career most in his first uh, first real season. Yeah. And, and then it was 31, 32, 26, 26. And then it went down uh, and then it fluctuated. He got sacked 40 times again in 2013. But like clearly his worst sack season was his first year. So I think my point fair is, no, is fair I'll give that, it to you. like he could slang it for sure. Like he, I'm not saying he didn't know what he's doing, but in terms of like figuring out how to be evasive in the pocket, I, I think that takes time, especially if you're not a naturally gifted athlete. This is um, that, that's the thing that, that strikes me the most. Like there is no there's read, right? But then there's no react. Like there is Reed and he either executes the play that is directly in front of him. I mean, yeah, he's going to go through his progressions. It's not like there's only one option. He's not, you know, one Reed Jimmy, though he might be if he starts feeling that NFL level pressure. Um, but there's no there's no improvisation skills. I mean, this guy can't go off script, just full stop. And that that's really problem. That's been a big it's, issue it's, for the it's 49ers. really damning. It's really it's, damning. I, I don't understand how you can make the argument. I understand that Kyle Shanahan thinks that he's the smartest guy in the room. I don't understand why you wouldn't give yourself the safety valve of a quarterback who can make plays when a play is not there to be made. And I, I just I, I I look and at it. There's one guy in the NFL right now who can pull this shit off. I mean, Drew Brees just retired. Philip Rivers just retired. And there were three going into last year and they were all a dying breed. There's one guy who could diagnose the play to a T before the ball was snapped. He he dominated on Wednesday, so therefore he didn't have to think on Sunday. And that was Tom, it's Tom Brady. That's the last guy. And so Mac Jones just has to be Tom fucking Brady in order to do it. And it's by easy, the way, easy, it, right? You know, I can see why you always go with the opposite, right? Like if you're hiring a head coach, it's usually the opposite kind of guy that you go with next. So Robert Sala is a defensive coordinator. After you go and competent, like a, a, an adult standard man, 
of course, you go that way after you know you meet Adam Gase, who could unite nobody and is offensive minded. I miss um, him. I, yeah, I miss him too. What what a man! It's actually really upsetting. Brief tangent for me as a Jets fan that they actually have a coaching staff that I really like, and uh, that they have a front office that's been doing competent things yeah. because. I'm much more comfortable with like an Adam Gase, like living, breathing, burning dumpster fire at all times uh, in perpetuity. And now that there's some level of competence, they're trying to bring me back in and I'm getting upset about it. Anyway, sure we what to do with it. your hands? I don't uh-huh. like it. I don't like it. I want them to be incompetent forever. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> no one likes change. Uh, but it, it, it's 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 insane to me that, you know, you're going from Jimmy who my understanding of the situation, I think this is yours as well, was that Kyle didn't feel like he could have like deep breakdown conversations about his offense with Jimmy. He hinted many times that Jimmy's not the brightest bulb in the room. He talks about like how many hours he puts in, but because it it takes him so long, I think, to really get stuff. Right. And so, you know, and he sent him to work with his dad for two straight years, and it's still, he's banging his head. So I understand why you'd want to go with the smartest quarterback, apparently the smartest quarterback. He's not the smartest quarterback. Well, who knows? But there is like football intelligence versus actual intelligence. And maybe he is the smartest football quarterback. He's not the smartest actual person. Yeah, no, Justin Fields was recruited by Harvard. And Trey um, Lance seems to be pretty damn smart as well. I don't doubt that any of these guys. I mean, by the way, all five of these guys could start right now. So Kyle Shanahan's very comfortable with that. Um it's uh, it's like to go that far and to just poo-poo, again, what I think is a very clear trend, and I don't quite understand how you can get off thinking that having your best athlete at quarterback, and that's really what the trend is, and this is, as you mentioned earlier, the trickle-up effect at high school level, college level, and now the NFL level that we've seen over the last seven, eight, nine years which is at the high school level, a lot of these high school coaches now, these are pretty, you know, these are tough jobs. And there's a lot of high school coaches that, you know, kind of feel on the hot seat. You're getting paid a little bit. You know, you got, you have to get results. People really care about high school football. So they stopped dicking around trying to create a quarterback and just said, put our best player in fucking quarterback. Right. And, uh, you know, he doesn't need to be defensive. Just give our, it's, it's the LeBron James principle. Just let LeBron do whatever LeBron wants. Okay, if you got a guy who is relatively your LeBron James, you don't care about the you just put him so that he's touching the ball the most. And at the college level, the same thing started to happen. And we saw it maybe that's the Cam Newton principle when you get to the college level. Like obviously Cam is a br- you know, brilliant player and one of them VP and I think is a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. But um it, it's one of these things where, you know, you see what happened with Auburn. I mean, he took he took Gene Chizik to win a national title cuz the best player just was he was just running over dudes or Lamar Jackson who saved Bobby Petrino's job about 19 times I mean it's just put your best athlete at quarterback and let him figure it all out and um now we're seeing it I really do think at the NFL level Josh Allen sucked in college but somebody saw the projectability and said we're going to draft him high Patrick Mahomes ran an air raid offense that to the point where Patrick Mahomes was drafted nobody in the NFL had been successful having run an air raid offense in college. And Andy Reid just said, fuck it, we'll just run the air raid then. And then everyone's like, you can do that? And he's like, yeah, watch this. And they just ran the air raid and it worked. And now Baker Mayfield's going one. And this every you know, now they have a team that's running 
a real air raid, not like a modified air raid that Andy Reid took a year to kind of develop so that the other guys would do it. it <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals says, fuck it. No, we're actually running the air raid. and We're going to hire an incompetent coach who knows the air raid really well. And this is this is just how it goes. It, it, the scheme is one thing and Kyle's scheme is awesome. But a scheme is nothing without players. And this scheme, Kyle has made a very distinct and clear decision here. If he does indeed take Mac Jones, which again, we both expect that he believes his scheme is more valuable than any one player could possibly be. And if I had to guess right now, I would think that that is going to come back and bite him in the ass in a big way time and time and time again, because this is a league like it or not. And maybe Kyle's in denial or he just refuses, you know, refuses to acknowledge it or he hasn't gotten the memo yet. But this is a league that is now about talent, 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 not scheme, scheme, scheme. Yeah. It probably always has been, but it is now more than ever about who has the dude. I've and, got two uh, real, Jones real questions. Um, one is like, what don't what like don't we know about Justin Fields? Um, yeah, that's because, a great question. Like by by everyone's account in the media, who's like actually evaluating talent, like. He should be the third quarterback off the board. And then you've got Chris Weird Sims putting him at 32, which like Chris Sims is is has some really weird bad takes, but like even for him, that's a little suspect. Yeah. Um the epilepsy just, thing is part of it, right? Like I, I, I can't imagine that doesn't scare some teams off. I mean, does it though? Like if he's like the guy, like and like I mean, maybe if if it's like really been an issue where he's actually had I don't um, like a problem with that in college, then then yeah, sure. But if it's something that he's been managing, and you know, Here, I, here's here's my thought: it has to be something physical, right? Because um, by all accounts, he could break stuff down on the on the grease board well. Like he's a sharp kid. I really, I just, it's kind of blowing my mind. I don't, I don't I would, understand I would, what's going on. My guess would be it would be something physical. This guy took a lot of hits at Ohio State, and he was banged up for a lot of games at Ohio State, and they might just feel like he's brittle. That might be the knock-on, that he's brittle and that he has some still lingering effects from that. It, it's really easy in the – pro. and again, this is not to justify. He's my QB2, uh, and I think he's closer to QB1 than he is to QB3. I, I think that he's a supernova, um, and I think it's a critical mistake that Kyle Shanahan will end, end up losing his job over not taking him number three. But – um there has to be some deep concern about uh, the way that he doesn't deliver the ball quickly. You've mentioned a couple of times he's not the most accurate or, you know, doesn't have the greatest touch on short and intermediate routes. Right. Um, That's like, honestly, this is a terrible comparison because I'm not an NFL athlete. But like when I was playing baseball, like I used to struggle at second base. Yep. Because of the angle and just like short yeah. throws like that, but I could play like short and third and like that you distance. Had a little bit more room, yeah, right. And there's a, there's like less time to think. Um, so I think that's part of it, and and I think that could be the case with Fields, who also was a baseball player, where like right. he has such like a specific delivery that it doesn't totally translate into just quick off the cuff short throws, and and maybe that's yeah. part of it. I um, think there's also something that we have to acknowledge, which is as much as we. You know, like to think we know. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll cop to it first and foremost. Like, I didn't think Justin Herbert was going to be as awesome. And no, he I don't was, think he was one of the most. He was one of the not. ten best quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Not just like projecting out. Like he was fucking awesome uh, behind a Russell Wilson esque offensive line. Like I didn't think that he was that dude. 
And there's just, it, it lends itself to the argument of athleticism over everything, which is just put your best athlete back there and he'll make things happen. And it doesn't matter how bad your team is. The Russ Wilson principle, the, the Justin Herbert principle, like just do that. But um, there's a very clear differentiation between the college and the NFL game. And so perhaps where that helps a guy like Herbert to where now, okay, you're at the NFL level, there's kind of less go, you know, more going on, less going on. I'm not sure, but it, it's a different ball game and that suits him better apparently than whatever was going on at Oregon. Perhaps there is a fear uh, of the opposite for Justin Fields, which I, I guess I can understand. A lot of people are very down on the Ohio State program as it pertains to, you know, like Urban Meyer's system and stuff like that. I know Ryan Day hasn't kept all of it, but you and I can talk for hours about how ineffective they looked when they played, you know, Alabama in the national championship game. Yeah, they were down some dudes, but uh, they, they that was an embarrassing coaching performance. And yeah, maybe, maybe there's just an inane fear with fields that he's got more bus potential than, than you or I have seen, or in a lot of people have seen. I think it's something that we're, we're going to definitely find out in the coming weeks after the draft, because obviously that stuff is going to come out right now. My mind is just kind of blown. Um, and we'll see, maybe, yeah. maybe who knows. Um, but what do you other- like about McCorkle? Um, I, I do like his footwork in the pocket. I, I like how he gets the ball out in rhythm. Like he really does know the timing usually pretty well. I, I think that is significant. Um, and really sort of anticipating when windows are going to come open. Yeah. Um, and I know it can be tropey, you know, talking about the slow white quarterback is like the guy who, but like that's the only reason he's like going to go this high is because he actually does have those qualities. Yes. Um, he does read the field well. He does move well inside the pocket. Like in terms of like not like rusher coming off the edge about to sack you stepping away from pressure, but pocket collapsing a little bit. He has really good fine-tuned little little movement in terms of getting away from that sort of pressure mm-hmm. and stepping up and make a throw. I you could argue the other guys also can do that, but like right. you know, in terms of like fine-tuned Kyle being nitpicky, you get that. Um it's it's a really simple like release where it's just he knows when to throw the ball set up and it comes out. Yeah. Um, his arm talent isn't great. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't like his deep ball if I'm being fully honest. Um, but it's he, fifth you know, out of fifth with. But he was throwing to you know like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm, it's, the best I, wide receivers in the country, bar none. Yeah, yeah, but I guess in terms of like, he's going to have a really speedy wide receiver in Ayuk, and so I guess he has some sort of familiarity with that sort of speed, um, and he does target the ball usually high at the catch point. Like he, he had a lot of throws that weren't great, um, but it was also like he knew he could get away with it because he knew the talent of his receivers and. Yeah. That actually is significant, like, like recognizing that. what talent you have around you and, yeah. and knowing the intricacies of that, what you can get away with, yeah. I think is significant. So like he again, I, I didn't like everything he did, not even close, but like he did miss in the right way a lot of times. I, I If I have to say positive things, I'll, I'll give him this. I mean, he put up mega numbers last year and um. I think about like a guy like Joe Burrow, who also only got one year of you know starting. And Joe Burrow is a much better athlete. That is that goes without saying. 
but uh, Burrow and him have some very real similarities in terms of being rhythm quarterbacks. I think that's how Greg Cassell described uh, McCorkle, and I, I, I agree with that as a rhythm quarterback. Right. Um, and hey, man, like it, the NFL players, they're they're pretty goddamn good too. Now, I I, I, I take I take solace in the fact that he was able to do that against SEC level competition. The same for Burrow, right? Like, so they did it against the best of the best. And we've talked a million times. Like I'm somebody, this is, this is a personal thing of mine. I'm someone who really cares about competition level. I'm someone who's really big on like, I was, I, and I guess it could still be this way. I'm, I'm very nervous about Trey Lance, even though there's every reason to believe that not only can he do it, but he can do it at a very high level. If given the correct coaching tutelage and time, um, but played in North Dakota State, and I just don't know. Whereas that's, that's sorry to interrupt, but that's like my other question. If it's between Jones and Lance, and they clearly are done with Jimmy, how does Lance fit in? I know there's some people out there that want to take like the uh, contrarian view that actually Trey Lance doesn't need time. Like, oh, what do you mean he's not NFL ready? What I mean that he's not NFL ready is that like he's got a lot of quirks in his motion. Uh, he played at a school that's not even true Division One against some pretty weak competition. He's thrown the ball like 300 times in his career. He basically runs into contact as opposed to sliding. Um, he runs away when there are throwing lanes. Um, there's a lot more things I can list. And I'm not saying I don't like Trey Lance. I do. And I would much rather they draft him than Mac Jones. But the idea that he's going to be just like perfectly ready to go from day one and they're going to trade Jimmy – like I think they are going to trade Jimmy, but like yeah. that just doesn't make sense to me, and that's why I I, I think it's Mac Jones. It it, it well it, aside from I, obvious reasons, the obvious reasons being Kyle basically defending Mac Jones for thirty minutes yesterday. But uh, with with Lance, you're right about the quirkiness. His mechanics are not tight; they are uh, not translatable to being under pressure. Uh, my understanding is that. He's been working with Tom House, who Beck has a relationship with, and the 49ers are all connected with. Like, basically, the 49ers have been running a, a rookie mini camp for Fields and, and <laughs> Trey Lance. I, I, at this point, I don't understand why the NFL wasn't just like, yeah, you can have private workouts. Um, no, they just I, backdoored it. And it's, right. it's the NFL is very good at turning a blind eye to if you go right. through their hoops. Um, but yeah, the 49ers basically ran. For two guys, just two, not for Mac, not for you know Wilson, just for Fields and uh, and Lance. They like ran individual workouts. They more, I mean, they're not paying the coach, but he is the hand picked quarterback tutor, third party. Um, you know, he's the lobbyist for the company. Oh, I don't work for the company. I'm just a lobbyist. No, you work for the company. But um, you know, who writes the checks through the Shell Corporation? Uh, it's you would think that that would have lent more credence, but it, it, it only it only backs up the argument that many have made. And again, I, I, I got a cop to it. Like I did not believe. I didn't believe. I thought it was twelfth pick logic being applied to the number three overall pick. Turns out I was right about that. But I, I was uh, describing Kyle Shanahan, right. not the NFL media. Uh, <laughs> I would have thought that you know them putting th- these coaches in charge of trying to tighten some stuff up would have 
help those guys in their cases, but it really just confirms that they always wanted to take Jones. They just wanted to give those other guys a good shot at it, so they were going to coach him up, but that Jones always had a fairly significant lead. And so when Kyle says something like, Oh yeah, we liked all five, and all five got better throughout the evaluation process. How did Mac? How like how did Mac possibly get better? Like I, they like, well, they, they they do a lot of Zoom interviews, and they really like him. And Kyle out, is not intimidated by him. You know, we found out he thought he was drinking a juice box when he got his DUI. Yeah, I, listen, I it, it, it's, I can't even get into that. Here's what I'll say about this: Kyle has for a long time really wanted somebody that he can feel understands his offense to the point of being able to coordinate. If Kyle Shanahan goes down with a heart attack in the third quarter, he wants his quarterback to be able to call the plays from there on out. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo could not do that. Nick Mullins kind of could. And if we think back to the not too distant future, there was a time where Kyle thought that Nick Mullins was possibly a better option than Jimmy Garoppolo for him moving forward, which of course is laughable. not, Not exactly moving Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that, that, you know, let's not forget that Kyle did not call about Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Bill Belichick who called Kyle and offered it to him for a second round pick because he had so much respect for his dad and he wanted to get him into a different conference. And it was John Lynch who had to convince Kyle. Yeah, take this because Kyle was so set on for Kirk fucking cousins who might not have even come. Uh, and then they would have done and this all again come. and um, did not come. Yeah, they got was, they, he has passed up on Tom Brady. He has passed up on Patrick Mahomes. He has passed up on Deshaun Watson. You could make the argument he passed up on Mitch Trubisky. Uh, it's like this is a guy who this is a guy who is persnickety about what it is he wants to do at the quarterback position. And part of that persnickety-ness is he wants somebody who has, as we learned from his Washington days, someone who has no ego. So will run whatever play is called, will not break uh, down the play that was called so that he can do his own thing, aka Robert Griffin III, whose head got too big, legitimately, and uh, just decided I'm going to run whatever I want all the time. Or, it, oh, and on top of that, he wants somebody who you know understands the offense at an incredibly high level, like Kirk Cousins, and he will sacrifice athletic ability. He will say that the trends don't exist in order to get that. I mean, he that was that was pretty damning to me. What was also damning is Lynch being like. Yeah, you know, I just I defer to this guy over here. AK, like, yeah. don't blame me. Yeah. Uh it well, John Lynch knows as a Hall of Famer and as a very good broadcaster once upon a time that if he goes, he'll be fine. This could be a, a pretty significant uh point where all these guys who've been with Kyle for mm-hmm. the longest time and have <laughs> loved Kyle and supported him, and this could be a point where this is just very clearly demarcation, beginning of the end, um, yeah. where, you know, in, in five years we have a like the Eagles. The Eagles had like how that expose that the athletic group are going to have one of those about the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Um, Start getting your sources now. It's it's going to all come out very clearly. Um, we, we know that this is not Adam Peters's pick. I mean, the worst kept secret in the NFL is that Adam Peters is a Trey Lance guy. Be interesting if he uh, seeks greener pastures after this, because it's yeah. I mean, because he he's been if the he guy. can after his team drafts Mac Jones with the third overall. Pick. I mean, that's why he's leaking now. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. That's fair. It's been about a week and a half of leak, and that's that was the other thing too. 
you know, I, I I've written it, you've written it, everybody's talked about it. Like this team doesn't leak, and then suddenly in the last like ten days, there's been a lot more chatter from people who usually are pretty well connected with the Niners, and like That's, suddenly some texts are starting to come back my I, way. I think that might be something. Um where why Kyle was so defensive because it's well, something that, that was my that was my favorite part I think a lot of people were trying to get Kyle to change his mind through the media and then Kyle literally starts his press conference with the media doesn't know shit <laughs> Kyle's entire press conference was you can fight me that was his tone and and they've been so so clear on like uh you know we traded up not because like like because we had a guy in mind but because we want it's like no you don't you you don't trade up for comfortability like that's just that's, they just did they just did I know and it's just it's that's dumb. his guy it that's his is guy. dumb can McCorkle like, get this team to the playoffs next year yeah of course <laughs> I mean can, can you win a Super Bowl a, with McCorkle a living breathing body who is barely competent like John Walford would take this team to the playoffs and have them very competitive. Um, who's the guy from Washington that was in the play? Jake Locker? <laughs> no, the guy from Washington who, who played the one play. Oh, Tyler Heineke. Yeah. He, yeah, he got milkshake ducked pretty hard. Yeah, of course. But like... <laughs> no, you're right. The amount of like backup quarterbacks in this league that this team could make the playoffs with if Not just... Not Nick helped. Mullins, though. No. Not him. No. But anyone above that. Andy Dalton. Yes. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky, yes. I honestly, I honestly, if we want to, so I, I, I was joking the about the number two thing with Trubisky. They missed out on Trubisky this year too. Like, what the fuck is that? For how $2 do you million not, dollars? How do you not bring in Mitch Trubisky this year? That, well, by the way, what's going on with with Mullins? He got, apparently he got an internal splint in his elbow. Oh, oh that's which right. I've he never he, heard of. He got I a forgot UCL that he sprain. needs a UCL sprain. Yeah. So instead he's of an RFA though, gun, right? Uh, I think he's unrestricted at this oh, point, okay. or he might be an RFA. Who knows? Um, <sighs> but yeah, he has an internal splint. Didn't get Tommy John. Okay. Um, yeah. What, so what is what is the how, so how does this go down? Can they, have, so the yeah. question: Can they win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones? Is something that like is a little too tough to answer because totally. we've never seen him. Yeah, one obviously we haven't seen him, but two. Like, you don't know who they're going to be playing. Like, you don't know the injury situation. Like, if they were to face, like, a Chiefs team where, like, Tyree Kill is out and, like, they lost their left tackle again. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. But, like, the reason it's a terrible pick is because you're not just talking about, like, this year. This is your chance to be, like... For the next half decade, we don't have to worry about this position. Like, we've got a guy. And say we have our own injuries. Say we run into our own injury crisis again. We can still be competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, If the 49ers, like, for example, the 49ers lose Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Um, Do you like Mac Jones (laughs) in that situation? No. No, I, I... Like, imagine Justin Fields and, and Trey Lance in that situation where you can adapt the offense on the fly and say, like, hey, we're actually going to try some zone read stuff because, like, our pieces are missing. You have you have alternatives. You have options. The thing that blows my fucking mind out of all of this is that Kyle Shanahan, for the last four years that he's been in charge, there has been one constant bugaboo for his defenses. And by the way, the last two years, he's had 
elite level defenses. But congratulations to Robert Sala. Despite who now, having no one yeah, last year. Like just, that that we, we should talk about that more at another juncture, but what they accomplished last year was insane. Incredible. Incredible. And that's why Robert Sala has a really good job in New York. But for him to watch his team lose for, for let's just go let's just go back the last two years. You have an elite level defense. To watch Kirk Cousins and a confused, dazed and confused Aaron Rodgers just get their teeth kicked in in the playoffs. Okay, kind of old guard quarterbacks, even though Rodgers was able to figure it out, kind of get back more to his swashbuckling ways. Two older guard quarterbacks looked washed. And then to go and lose to Patrick Mahomes when you're up 2010 with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Mahomes drops a fucking four piece on you in the final six minutes. Like, okay, you got to internalize that. That, oh, there's some stuff happening here. That dude's incredible. And you're right. Like, hey, there's probably only one Patrick Mahomes. And then we get into this year. And for the last couple of years, you've played in a division where you have Jared Goff. So you can see what a stiff looks like in this offense. You've had Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not a stiff by any stretch, but can't stay healthy. But is like scares Kyle. Just scares him because he doesn't know what he's going to do better for good or bad, by the way. I mean, he won five right. games at the end of a season when Kyle gave him like four plays. And then the more plays Kyle gives him, the fewer games they won. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but then he couldn't stay healthy. But then you're in a division with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. And there has not been a game between the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals, the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks, that hasn't been unnecessarily interesting. Because those two dudes just make plays. And Nick Bosa can't fucking stand it. And you got all this guy. The Cardinals are averaging about 145 yards per game on the ground over the last all four games. Like they've they've ran for at worst 120 yards against them. And they've won won games on the basis of Kyler Murray's just a little spitfire and got out of the pocket. And well, guess what? You know, there is no defense that can withstand 10 seconds of a quarterback running around. There's no no defense. uh, I, I, I tend How do you to not av- fucking internalize that? I tend to avoid trying to like rank and be like, oh well they have this yeah. this tight end or this wide receiver, this quarterback. But with quarterback it is valid because quarterback is everything. And when you look at Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. and you look at Kyler Murray and you look at Russell Wilson passed on, and then you look passed at on like, Matt Stafford too. You look at Mac Jones, it's like impossible to rationally think that he is going to become the best quarterback in this division at any point. I hadn't even thought of that. It's so obvious. It's like, true. Like, yeah. Unless, how is like Matt Matthew, Jones- St- Matthew Stafford, if he like falls off a cliff, yeah, okay, maybe you got the third best quarterback. Maybe Kyler Murray's little body doesn't hold up. Yeah, like, it probably won't. He's a little bitty guy. Yeah. Uh, you're right. How, how, how can anyone project Mac Jones being an MVP candidate? You go, well, Matt Ryan did it. Yeah, that was five years ago. Also, Matt Ryan was like viewed as like a top, top pick for a while. (laughs) Yeah, he was. And there was a lot of other people who wanted that pick. And also he was throwing to Julio fucking Jones and uh, and Muhammad Sanu at the peak of his powers. And they had a great run game with a one two. like the amount of circumstances that have to go right for Mac Jones to be an elite level player in this league is impossible. And it's perhaps feasible over the next couple of years, because now, I mean, if they traded one first round pick to move up they traded the other first round pick for the salary cap relief of it all um 
Whereas, you know, you saw and I, as much as it's like, wow, that is a lot to pay for Mac Jones. Uh, to be fair, I mean, this is a team that drafts very well outside of the first round. This is a team that uh, I mean, last year they drafted pretty well in the first round. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. But um, and they've done they've done OK. They've done they've done well and not so well. Uh, by the way, picking up Mike McGlinchey's fifth year option. Great job. Uh, but it's I get what, it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. There's no, there's no alternative. But oh boy, that's yeah. Congratulations, you got a rookie quarterback and Mike McGlinchey, <laughs> a rookie so quarterback who can't run away. Let's like let's get into the rest. Of this. I think we talked like at pretty much at length. Yeah. Unless there's anything else about these quarterbacks you want to mention, I, it's just it, it, you're right. It is going to take something truly special for Mac Jones to be an elite level quarterback in the NFL. And the circumstances of such, and this is where this is where I get off. Maybe the the first round picks aren't as much as we're making them out to be. I think that there's an argument to be made there that we're, you're putting too much stock in them, uh, given everything. No. But here, but okay, no. But I, I can. Right. I, I'll hear it. I'll hear it. Right. It's it's He's, not it's not like you're ruining the franchise. Right. Like, like they can they can adjust right. and do it again. And they're in a it's division. What you with, have to pay to get up to that spot. So from that, fair enough. And so now they have salary cap flexibility, which will probably just be used on Bosa and Warner and you know, hooray. We'll see if they sign anybody this year. What happens though in three four years when Mac Jones needs a new deal? And you've put all this talent around him. You're in a Jared Goff-like situation again. I mean, this is just Jared Goff 2.0 to me. Uh, except Jared Goff has a fucking cannon. You know, it just feels very Goffian. And I would just have thought that uh, that Kyle would have, you know, taken a look somewhere else outside the league and realized that this is. You don't see your buddy McVeigh running away from Jared Goff because he saw John Walford play once. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay, but then you went out and go and got Matt Stafford, who say what you will about Matt Stafford. He's stone footed in the pocket, all this he's stuff. He's not that stone footed. I know, but you know, it, relative to, you know, the the young and up and comers he is, uh, except for Jones, who's, you know, might as well be 35. Um, but the dude's got a the dude can rip ropes. I mean, few people in the history of the NFL had an arm like Matt Stafford. I mean, that dude, that dude's throwing ninety-eight just on repeat no bones in his body just pure cartilage exactly just ripping them and i I, this is what i keep going back to okay let's let's just say that that it's fair you got to go up to get three what is the elite physical trait that mac jones has because i can say aaron Rodgers. okay there's a lot of stuff that aaron Rodgers doesn't do but aaron Rodgers is a great off-balance thrower physical traits he has no elite physical traits how do you draft someone at number three with no elite physical traits how is that possible? Oh, How wait. is that acceptable? He does have one one elite physical trait. Is it his brain? It's his body. It's his yeah. it's his lovely it's a body that we can all as non-professional athletes can deeply deeply relate to. And I think that's probably undervalued. Maybe yeah, maybe this is just a reality TV show play. They need a normie. Yeah. How do all you right. draft someone at number fucking 3 with no f- elite physical traits? Well, I I, I promise you I'm going to be asking Kyle a lot of that. I mean, assuming I can get a question in at some point. Yeah, not a chance um, at hell. Who do you like in this draft, Jake? Yeah, let's get, let's get into – here's kind of – I'm going to go through sort of a scenario of like sort of what I think the 49ers will do outside of that. Okay. Um, so, Mac Jones at three. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think they you, move back up into the first round at all? No. Okay. 
Um, I'm not ruling it out. I just don't think there's any value in doing that. Um, no, they, I could see them moving up like start of day two. If they, they get some more Intel sort of reload and say, Hey, there's like a guy that we really, really want there. Sure. What, what is the most that they can get for Jimmy Garoppolo come Thursday? Could someone give them 32 or some, you know, a pick in the low? I don't think it's a first rounder. I, I do think they can definitely. Okay. Not definitely. I do think they can get a second rounder and more. Um, my, my prediction would be the Patriots really screwed it up because I was going to say a third this year. They're going um, to eight. They're going to eight to get fields. Are they? Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. I, I almost would declare that it must be locked in at this juncture. <laughs> but like New Orleans 28. I know that they just gave Taysom Hill, you know, but New Orleans at 28. Would they throw that throw that for Garoppolo? I mean, do they, they have room for that? Like, what, I know what is the salary cap? Chicago's not trading 20. Washington is not trading 19. So, yeah, I don't think you can get a first round pick for him. No, not this I, year. yeah, I mean, let's see. I do kind of like sneaky Washington, though. Maybe pick 51. What do they got? They got 51, 74, 83. I don't think they can get 74 back because that was the one that the 49ers are giving them for Trent Williams. Right. Se- so New England forfeited 77. That, that's a good one. Just 77 just doesn't exist. Thanks I know. That's that. that's the thing, is like I think 77 uh would have been would have been pretty nice. 77 and you know, like say a 2023rd second. Who's Washington's quarterback. Heineke? Oh no. They don't think they have one, right? Okay, so that that's that's got to be the team yeah, we're talking about. Let's say Washington. Let's say Washington at fifty-one and a future third, and the 49ers give up uh, like a future fifth, or yeah. or it's like eighty-three and a future second. And oh, the they 49ers. signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. They For have, how much? I mean, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, Stephen Montez. Steven Montez, who we last saw in the playoffs, uh, throwing up because they were going to ask him to come into a playoff game pretty much unprepared. Wow. Go Buffs. I thought I thought I heard Fitzpatrick retire. No, nope, he's playing. I mean, it, it, it's a marginal retirement, of course. He's playing for the Washington football right. team. Um, yeah, I mean, the teams that – let's just – if we're looking at the second round here, the teams that would be interested in a James Richard Garoppolo – uh, and can afford them, by the way. Uh, Denver. Uh, <laughs> New England. Uh, Washington. Chicago. I would not rule out. Well, no, they've already had conversations, so that would have come up. I, I was going to say Miami, but that's not true. That's about it. That's about it. Let's just run through that one more time. Washington. Chicago, New England, Denver. Those are teams that are not in a position or perhaps will pass up on, you know, value to do it. I would imagine though that two of those teams are in a position to get Fields or Lance once the Niners take Mac. Uh, my understanding is that Pitts is going four, Panay Sewell is going five to Cincinnati, and that at six, 
Miami's going to take Chase, which then puts Detroit at seven in an interesting spot because they are committed to golf. But they're probably going to have Denver looking to move up. Carolina is not against taking another quarterback, even though they already have two on their roster, and they'll just figure it out with Darnold and them. Which, by the way, if you wanted Mac Jones, Sam Darnold was so fucking cheap. Um, you have, you know, Las Vegas is always keen to move up. Washington can move up from 19. Chicago, who has two lame duck operators. What the hell? Burn it all to the ground. You've already done it once. Do it again. I can't believe they've left you in charge of the book of matches. At number 20 could move up. There's there's a lot going on here, but I, I feel like one through five, maybe one through six feels fairly locked in at this juncture. Um, I hear you there, yep. So where Garoppolo goes is going to be very incumbent on what happens between seven, eight, and nine because uh, I don't see Dallas moving up for for pits. They would have to pay it. They would have to pay a king's ransom to Atlanta, who, by the way, Atlanta should be taking a quarterback, but it really does sound like they want a tight end. And they're they're also they're going to bank on the old version of Matt Ryan, whereas the 49ers are going to bank on the right. young version of Matt Ryan in the perfect world. Um, but we're in agreement a second second round pick and uh, maybe a third plus a you know toss in for the Niners to kind of take off a little bit of the edge is all they're going to get and that we do you expect them to be traded on either yeah. Thursday or Friday? Yeah, I do. So Mac Jones is going to um, wear number 10. Wow, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Hey. At I'm least there's to look clarity. At Chicago's cap space because well they they signed Dalton. Um and that wow, well, yeah, they've got no cap space. That is a kicker for them. They signed Dalton and at the same time uh maybe they could can you trade a guy you just signed? They, they have no cap space. They can't do it. They still falls too. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Well, Chicago's out. How's Washington looking? Great radio. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Um, 49ers really set themselves up here for something special. It does, it, I mean, is there a situation where just nobody's going to go for them? Yeah, because, there's, there is. Because, I mean, then you have two more teams. Washington's um, can can do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also something where... Um, although they gave Fitzpatrick six million guaranteed, um, what's that? Not much. Let's see. Oh God! I mean, is there a sleeper team? Is there a team out there that you go, man? They they might want to go get Jimmy, like a Pittsburgh, perhaps. I was I was literally just thinking about Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was because, uh, man. Uh, like that, that would make a lot of sense. But it's they just, tricky for them. They, it's it's a lot of money. And, and Roethlisberger is guaranteed twenty six million. So no, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to happen. No, no. Cleveland just gave Baker Mayfield the fifth. I'm just looking. There's got to be a team that we've missed here. There's got to be one. Minnesota isn't going to do it. Obviously, I mean the Jets are going to have Wilson. Houston. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Um, that's not the craziest thing i've heard <laughs> houston's first pick is where Jeez, louise houston doesn't pick until the third round 67 i that's mean not, if they go this year's third right. they go this year's third next year's second that might be a really good second didn't casario love jimmy oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> 
you're on to something here. I mean, they're not going to have a quarterback this year. The 49ers, yeah, they're not going to have a quarterback this year. The 49ers. Uh, Although, I mean, they picked up, uh, what's his face? Tyrod Taylor. Poor Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> I feel bad for that guy. No elite physical traits on that Tyrod Taylor, though. Not a single one. Yeah, it's not going to be Houston, but that would be fun. It might um, be Houston. It might be Houston. I don't know. They It would be an implicit statement of this guy's done which so it is something where because jimmy's got almost no guaranteed money i think there are a little bit more options because it's basically like you you take a contract like you yeah. you you take a pay cut uh, to go to this new team or they you know you're just you. cut um it's probably like a third oh boy uh, but i, I again and we're talking about this, and it's like it's not any clear destination, and now everyone knows they want to trade him. But at the same time, like someone's going to want him, right? He's won games. Nick Foles is being paid a tremendous amount of money in the NFL. I guess he has a Super Bowl ring, but like, who would you rather right. have? Right. Um, I so, think I, I think they'll be fine. I do think that they should do this as soon as possible, as to. Yeah, you know, make it clear because Jimmy Jimmy can be a vindictive little fucker. Like, and McCorkle seems very easy to pick on. Just throwing that out there. Like, I yeah, don't like that battle of wills. Here's the thing: like, it can't it can't work with with Mac and Jimmy because then you go, you you the juxtaposition you of them for yeah. him, right? And then you've got like Kittle in the room, who's like obviously very tight with Jimmy, and then it's like mm-hmm. then you have something where it's you're gonna have players that are like. You're going to you get just, this either way, right? You're going to get this either way, but you don't want to right. make it so obvious as to right. have you them both on the same I, field at the same time. Right. Here's the thing. Like, if it's Fields or Lance, you can have Jimmy in the room. Yes. If it's 100%. Mac, you can't. Like, it just it's there's too it's too similar. There's no outstanding physical traits where yeah. you're just going to be like it's all minutia. It's all talking to Kyle. It's all going to be closed doors behind the scenes stuff that other players won't see. So difficult to build. And up it's trust stuff like where that. you could really lose a lot of trust with players. So I think that's another thing where I'm with you. they have to trade him. I'm um, with and maybe it's something where I'm probably writing that up. I mean, it's just you have to do it. And maybe it's something where they get a second and a third just for face value, but they also give back like a fourth yeah. and a fifth. So it's you know it's. They're actually not getting that much in return, but you and know the, the, you're, you think you're oh you're trading this guy's contract, but the contract is so voidable. I don't even know if you're you know it, it, they would just cut him at the end of the year anyway. So I'm not right. sure what kind of unless the New England Patriots or the Houston Texans have decided like hey this is our guy and we really love him. Like the Texans cut Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone would pick him up at this point though. I mean, I, I don't think he plays again. I. I say that knowing that it's the yeah. NFL and someone will always take the I mean, chance. Perhaps you've seen the players that Seattle signs every year. Like may, maybe this is Kyle Shanahan's master scheme: one year of McCorkle, and then look at all that salary cap space that we have. Right. Um, okay. Go so, through your guys. I want to hear your guys. We're an hour, and so, I want to hear your guys. Let's say I, I, I think they trade Jimmy, and yeah. let's say they get a third rounder for it. Sounds um, good. I think round two. Let's call it seventy-five, seventy-four. Round two, I, I really – it's something where um, – what do you do when you get your franchise quarterback? You make sure he's protected. Yes. I 
there's part of me that says the 49ers don't value interior offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And there's part of me that says they don't have a starting right guard. And how long is Alex Mack going to last? Dan um, Brunskill deserves more respect than that, sir. I like Dan Brunskill, but... I'm with you, though. Center A center guard would be ideal. A guy who, a guy who Kibitz, can play guard Kibitz year proved one. nothing to you. So. He was terrible. He was terrible in year one. No. And I so, feel bad for the guy because he was never going to be good. I liked him coming out of school, but then we see him on the practice field with him one day. It's like, nope, not going to work. Right. And it never it never worked after that. It's a sixth, fifth round pick. Like, who gives a shit? But second right. round pick, you so, got to get it right. I, I think it's interesting that, let's say, second round, like, I could see them looking at, like, Creed Humphrey, Love Ben it. Cleveland. Love him. Uh, the other issue is, like, those are really large guys, and they do have a type when it yeah. comes to centers. But it's Global. also, like... Right. But those uh, are the same guys who get injured all the time. Right. But those guys also are athletic. Um, yeah. And and maybe maybe it's not round two. Maybe it's that re- late round three pick and you go after like Kendrick Green from Illinois. Mm. Um, mm. That's that's intriguing to me. Okay. Um, although I think he's more of a guard. So you think um, center you think center guard round two? Two, two, three. And normally, like I would think they would just wait and go yeah. after like Drew Dahlman from Stanford. Although, but right. that guy can't anchor. Correct. Um, I really don't. I really don't understand. That. I mean, he's no. smart and seems like he does. I, good I prefer the other version of that. I prefer actually more than him is uh, Jimmy Morrissey from Pittsburgh. Oh, I haven't seen um, Jimmy Morrissey. He, they're they're both pretty similar, but I think but Morrissey's a little bigger and can anchor a little bit better. Uh, may, maybe Dalman just needs to add some weight. I, I'm a big Creed Humphrey guy in the middle. Uh, I, I don't think that there is an early enough spot for the 49ers. And in fact, I worry that the 49ers won't be able to get him at 43 because right. I, I, it's very difficult for me to imagine that somebody won't fall in love with him in that 25 to 40 range pretty right. much on the basis of he can start day one at right guard for any team. Right. And I would feel very comfortable with him being my center as a rookie. And Agreed. that's a difficult position to play as a rookie. Um, and we've seen like Cody Whitehair in Chicago who did a really good job. They played him at guard, moved him over. Uh, there's a little bit of growing pains, but that's just because they're poorly coached. Right. Um, second round for me has mostly revolved around defensive ends and you know pass rushers. And I've kind of changed my tune on that. Just because of the, the signing of Arden Key. And now that they might have some salary cap space where they can go out and get more. Right. I look at the positions that are available in free agency. And if you trade Jimmy uh, and you're really, really trying to compete this year, which you obviously are. You're trading um, Jimmy essentially for a defensive end. Is also that something that's possible? I mean, is there a player for player trade that exists out there? I, I haven't even with thought the about new, that With the New right. England Patriots or Washington football right. team because those are the only two teams that will but take the game. Let me just mention there's still Chicago. on the board. There's Melvin Ingram, there's mm-hmm. Justin Kerrigan, mm-hmm. Justin Houston, mm-hmm. Trent Murphy, yep. uh, and Everson Griffin. All Everson still Griffin out there. would be a beast. Well, I, there's something going on with Everson Griffin, though. Like, there's a whole weird thing there. And probably injuries, and he's 34. Um, yeah, but he he is. Uh, if there's one guy who you know fits that scheme, like nobody business, it's right. Everson Griffin. So, so to me, Brian I think Kerrigan it's too. something where if you trade Jimmy, that's 20 million in cap space, and yeah, you have to save for extensions, mm-hmm. but you go pay someone who's Desperate to get a con- those guys are desperate. They're not getting like fifteen no. million dollars. No, they'll it's take be like the an seven, eight, eight nine, yeah. right? So that's kind of how I view that, and that's why I've been thinking more of a developmental, like just raw traits guy in like round yeah. four or five for defensive end, uh, and looking more like corner, interior line, or like offensive weapon. Let's talk about corner two, for a second because this is something that the 49ers have never valued in the draft. 
I mean, they took a, a Kella Witherspoon in the third round, and since then they've taken one other corner, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, right. And it was Tim Harris who has never Still played the a snap for them. Uh, and yeah, they yeah. hyped him up and he's done nothing. I am of the belief, and this is one that is not widely held, and I certainly understand that there are excellent players at the high parts of the NFL draft. I am of the belief that cornerback uh, is a position that you effectively cannot win and that using early capital on a cornerback is dangerous. Now, you have seen some data that, that indicates that actually cornerbacks are safe bets in the first round. Apparently, yeah. Which blows my mind. Me too. Because um, it feels like all of them are bust, save for like one every three years. But um, I, I, I am of the mindset it's, of it's just what taking high-end upside late with corners and I, never I, drafting on day one or two. I think what happens with corners is it always takes them a few years. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. And so if you're a team that is like looking for an immediate impact, it's actually not a great position to draft early on. Agreed. But long term, the five year range, he's probably going to pan out. But you're paying so much money to a first, right. even a second right. round pick for them to kind of figure it out on the fly. Right. And uh, there's so many guys that are six, seventh undrafted free agents that are really good. So right. I, like, I love the um, mindset of not drafting one third round in the top 100 would be my principle but uh which obviously puts you right at the end of the first round or third round but um yeah i probably wouldn't take one on the first two days of the draft there's uh so i i think they have to draft two corners okay um okay two defensive backs um i mean or they just sign a bunch that that go undrafted that's also an option um it's tricky though because we uh, we've talked about this on there's KMBR, a limited like, pool we, we one there's a limited pool and two we don't know how many players you're allowed on your roster or what training camps can right. look like we're all keeping our fingers crossed that the world's normal by you know they'll, they'll they'll stuff people into the stadium there's no doubt about that but uh we're all hoping that you know training camp and all that stuff is is normal and that we're able to you know go in locker rooms and shit if we have a a vaccine card so um which we won't but that's you know still a hope um who do one you like who, who do you like as a corner as a corner, um, let's talk day three corner. Day three, or let me let me let me talk me day, day two guys. Late yeah. late day two. Um, I was trying to talk myself into a Fatu Melifanu, um, mm-hmm. who I actually I, I do like, but not for the 49ers. Right. Um, I just think long, lanky, uh, like doesn't have the short area quickness they tend to like. Paulson Debo out of Stanford is an athletic freak. We just we were just texting about him. Uh, there is a wide range of beliefs on him. He could be the hun- you know around a hundred. He could be right. the twentieth player off the board total. There's basically five 50 corners awesome. that are going. There's a top five. There's okay. Sertan. There's yes. Horn, Newsom, yes. Farley, and Asante Samuel. Those are the top five. Um, those guys are going to be out of the 49ers range um, unless they change their mind right now. <laughs> and they're out of the no, range. No, Those guys I, aren't I can be confirm Asante Samuel, who's probably the last one of those f- five, is not going to be there. Um, How late does he go, you think? 22? He's like a guy that I feel like the Chiefs would like. Um, I don't think they need another corner, but like I just I, – I, he'll be like like yeah. last five first-round picks or first five in the second round. Okay. Um, I, yeah, he's, he's not going to be there. Um, people have been hyping up Tyson Campbell. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I don't see it. I, I don't I don't see it either. Um, but but in terms of 
I really like Kelvin Joseph um, physically. Uh, there's a lot. There's some off-field stuff, some concerns people have expressed that seem fair, um, but I'm not sure that totally matters. Um, <laughs> you know, no, if you're swinging it. it, like if he's there in the third round, like absolutely take him. Right. Um, but my real, real, real sleeper that I'm absolutely in love with uh, is Marco Wilson from yes, Florida. Yes, you and I both. You and I both. I don't get it. I don't understand why he is like a day, like a round five and yeah. beyond projection. Like to me, I have he him is, at one seventy-seven. Yes, do that. Round like five. he to me, he has like or once yes, very very like elite traits. Um, one seventy-three. Like, I see I him able to run with anyone. Um, I think his arms are long enough. Like I like his footwork. Um, he flips his hips. Like the first thing I look for is like a guy being able to flip his hips. He is fluid in everything he does. You want to, uh, you want to hear something crazy? What? He has the highest relative athletic score of any cornerback in this draft. Does he really? He does now. He is, by the way, Horn is number two. Um, but if you were to, yeah, it is. It is uh, for that reason alone. I, I, he's not going to make it to round five. That like people like he's his tape sucks. I mean, it's one of these things where I, I've watched a lot of. I, I know, I know you're, you you love him, but I've watched enough of his Florida games. I've talked to enough people around Florida. Right. I've known the Wilson family for a long time. I thought his brother. This is one of the other things. His brother Quincy should have been an elite NFL player. He's a five star best cornerback in the country and he is kind of sucked as an NFL player. He fell in the draft and then he sucked ever since. I think he's on his third team now before his rookie contracts done as a second round pick. Um, people are scared of that. Wilson, his younger brother, Marco has all the athletic ability in the world, just like Quincy did. And he just is super inconsistent. He just took plays off. He was airheaded at times when he's yeah, on. I do see that. There's nobody better. When he's on, there's nobody better. Full stop. But um, I, I just, I, a lot of people are going to hold his brother's poor play against him, and perhaps they should, perhaps they shouldn't. Uh, they're going to look at the tape, and they're going to see a guy who didn't yeah. know what he was doing a lot of times. And I'll say this. That's a Dan Mullen problem. That That's my bet, that it's a Dan Mullen problem. They have had three cornerbacks coaches is, at Florida. That guy's a mess of a coach. He's not. They have a really bad staff there. <laughs> Anyone who is any good is left. Right. Um, that is that is a reputation. It's that, just something where like I don't I like almost do not care about that once it's day three. Hundred um, percent. No, no, I'm with you. Just take right. the athletic upside. And I mean, here are the guys who one of the I'll just list them off here. So this is the relative athletic score, which I've been leaning on hard this year because we didn't have a combine. Uh, Marco Wilson at one nine point nine nine. Crazy out of ten. J.C. Horn. 9.99 out of 10. Um, it is you know, Patrick Sertain, 9.96. Jason Panak out of Pittsburgh, who I think is an outstanding cover four prospect, 9.78. Melifonwu is 9.7, and he's crazy. Newsom, first round pick, is 9.6. Robert Rochelle out of Central Arkansas, another player I like a lot. Feisty. When we watched that Trey Lance tape, right. Robert Rochelle was making plays. He like might have been too. the best player on the field that day, including Trey Lance. 9.65. Jeremy Bell out of Charleston, 9.64. But a lot of people had really good scores out of Charleston. Kelvin Joseph this is there too. He's a, he's a nine. Yeah, Kelvin jo- Yeah, Kelvin Joseph's a nine. I mean, there's some interesting ones here. Brandon Eccles, too, the, con- yeah. 
Brandon Eccles, the other Kentucky corner, is actually a better athlete, according to this, again, just single quotient, than his uh, than his compatriot, Kelvin Joseph. But uh, when you're talking 999, I mean, these are insane athletic numbers. And if you can get a guy who is anywhere above 95 on this quotient on day three, you just close your eyes and do it. I, I don't I don't care if he's, you know, drowned puppies in his life. Like you just have to this is it, there's too much upside. And for a team like the 49ers who have taught guys, I think exceptionally well, how to play corner, how to harness the athletic ability. And I don't think that that's going to change with D'Amico Ryans as the defensive coordinator. I just think that this is an absolute slam dunk. Right. And, and I think, I think when you're, you're looking, I, I've, I've told you this, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but my, <laughs> there goes my dog. Yeah. Um, my feeling is the 49ers, they don't need nine players. They don't have really space for nine players. They're going to yes. end up with six or seven in this draft. And I think what they do is, depends if somebody falls to them at 43, but I could see them trading down a few spots to close that gap. But either yeah. way, they're going to have one more pick in between the their current. It's like pick 43 to the third round. Yeah, there, there's they're going to do something to get there. Uh, and I think they move up. There's another gap from, I think, like round four to round five. I think they close that too. I think they end up with about seven draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, I think it's corner, interior offensive line, wide receiver, which is a really tricky one because I think, you know, I've talked about Amon Ross St. Brown from UCLA a lot. Like I really lot. like him. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's like a perfect Kendrick Bourne replacement with, with better athleticism. Um, but like, if, if he's like not there, and like you like a guy better, I think you just wait. Yeah. Like I, I don't. There's not a lot of value. I think in like rounds, late round two down to like round four for wide receivers. It's you a need a tight end draft. at some point. Where bad tight end draft. Tight ends like if you get like Brevin Jordan, or I, I don't know. I don't know if I like Brevin Jordan anymore. <laughs> I think I talked myself out of him. How? What talked you out of him? Or how did how did you talk yourself out? Guy's of him? got no wiggle. If not, I mean, he 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 he's kind of like a Charles Clay, and it's like just sign Charles Clay. Yeah, but at the same time, like I've almost talked myself into Hunter Long, the Boston College guy. Okay, um, just because he like doesn't know what he's doing with his arms. But, no, he like, does not. That's exactly. He right. just manages to find space and he gets open. And like when I looked at Travis Kelsey's tape in college, like yeah. he like kind of didn't know what he was doing, but he just kept finding space. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't look like the total athletic freak. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying this guy's the next Travis Kelsey, not even f- fucking close, but right. um, you just find space and he was like used time and time again. Like they knew that he was a number one target, the only target for Boston College. Right. And he was still like a He's volume. Sh- right. Um, not a, not a, uh, not a big RAS guy. No, no, I'm I'm not really interested in him, but uh, yeah, like I, I get why, like if he was there, he's not going to be there in round three, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's something where I don't know. Maybe you sign. Um, what's the other tight end I mentioned in free agency? Not that exciting. Tyler Eifert's out there, I guess. There's Darren Fells. Oh boy, Michael Pruitt. And there's not Darren a lot Fels of Darren Fells is actually a good player. Yeah, yeah I'm not but he's Darren 35. Fels, Whatever. Thirty. You can give you a year. Yeah, that's true. Um, he was he was good for Houston last year. Caught a lot of touchdowns. Right. No, I like Darren Fells. He's just getting older. Um, well, uh, beggars can't be choosers. Right. 
You mentioned so, Marco Wilson. How do you feel about my guy Jonathan Marshall, defensive tackle out of Arkansas? Defensive tackle? I mean, you you, you like him as an end, right? Uh, wait, is this? This is the Arkansas. I thought you were talking about Milton Williams. No, I love Milton Williams too. Out of Louisiana I haven't watched Tech. any of uh, any of Marvin Wilson. Jonathan was, Marshall. Jonathan Marshall. Who's Marvin Wilson? We're talking about seven different people here, and I don't. Milton, Milton Williams. Milton Williams is, is a defensive tackle who is really a defensive end from Louisiana Tech. Correct. He's a freak athlete. Super freak athlete, looking at a third round pick or so. I like him a lot. Uh, Jalen Phillips is my number one defensive end. Yeah. Bar none. I like Ellerson Smith out of Northern Iowa. Big long guy. Probably needs a lot more technique refinement, but I think but, you can yeah. throw him out there. Um, it's kind of an every down guy. Whereas I think the Niners are probably looking for more of just like a super burst dude. That's uh, Patrick Jones from Pittsburgh has got a little bit yes. of that, but he's going to go way higher than he should. Um, but he's got a lot of spring and is really raw. His teammate yeah. Rashad Weaver doesn't have like any physical traits, but he's kind of in the Kerry Hyder mold, yeah. where he's just kind of a big bowling ball who doesn't really do anything wrong. Gets the job done. <laughs> right. Have you watched Janarius Robinson out of Florida State at all? Uh, I don't think I've watched. That's a thing. I haven't watched any of Florida State apparently. <laughs> so, I like no. I like Janarius Robinson as a day three late pick. Um, he he is just explosive. Great burst off the line of scrimmage. Uh, big heavy hands. Doesn't know what he's doing. But right. those are two things that well. Oh, shit. I have watched a little bit of Florida State. They've got another guy who's they got like another a total guy, yeah. freak athlete, but terrible. Yeah, Josh, Joshua Kando. Yeah, he's not good. No, um, he's really bad. You try and talk yourself into him, and then you watch, and it's he does. He's got Robinson is more or less the same athlete. I the thing that kept coming out to me is the dude has stone hands, and like in a good way. Like when he lays hands on you, you move. And he's playing. And right. uh, listen, it's the ACC. I, I don't want to build it up as if it's you know SEC full season. Wow, great he's, non-con. He is crazy long. He's crazy long. And you're talking a day three. Okay, yeah. I, just, I watched two seconds of him. And round I five. Like the movement. And it's just like, throw him out there on third down and tell him to kill. And I feel like that's a good spot. They, they need that. I know that they think uh, that Yeah, no, I'm, I'm watching two seconds of him, but I can tell you, like, just from his basic movement and his aggression and size, I like, I like I, what I, think, I see a lot. I think that he has massive upside. This is a bad defensive end draft uh, amongst other positions, but I really like Janarius Robinson. I like Tommy Doyle. Offensive tackle, Miami, Ohio. Tommy Doyle. Oh, you were telling me about him. This is a big boy who can move. Now, he doesn't move like some of the other guys, but he's got some Joe Staley in him, except he's six foot eight. And uh, there's going to be a lot of. It's a day three pick. So, again, you're just betting on the upside. Uh, I can very easily see a situation where his center of gravity is too high. He can't anchor. You can't play him on the inside. You can't play him at right tackle. So like, but when you're thinking about well, the the Niners also need a swing tackle, and I think that do they though? I think they do, and uh, I think that he'd be an interesting option late. And I think he's going to be an elite run blocker. And this kind of the same mold as McGlinchey, but again, day three pick. So my guy is Deontay Smith um, from East Carolina. He's super raw, but like his some of the craziest footwork. Yeah. Uh, I've seen and like I just saw him at the senior bowl like every time he'd mess up a rep he was like getting pissed at himself just like yeah. trying to like fight come for on, man. perfection this is your own shot. come on right man. Yeah. Uh, I, I like him a lot okay um, 
Kiki Wanganu, I think. Nwangu. Nwangu. Running back. Iowa uh, State. Minnesota. Yeah, Iowa. Iowa, Minnesota. Same thing. Iowa State. This dude, this dude is it. I mean, it is just all burst. He is they're a gonna, They're going to find – there's some actually – There's so many good running, running backs. backs. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's like people are saying this is a bad running back class. But Disagree. What, what they're talking about is that the guys in like round four – by the way, Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana, I like him a lot I too. think he's a little too tall, but I get where you're coming is from. He? It's very easy to transfer. He's 5'10". Are you thinking of Rakeem Boyd? Arkansas, no. who knows? Elijah Mitchell, I just he he he's too upright as a runner, maybe perhaps. Um we right. both we both like Jake Funk, the white kid out of Dude. Maryland. Dude, he's like he's awesome. He's like, really I, good. If you have time, if you have time, like I swear to you, like you've go never watch se- Jake Funk from Maryland. It you've is- never seen it, man. He's 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 not Danny Woodhead. He's he's um well, I guess he's Danny Woodhead. Uh yeah. he's Danny <laughs> by the way, Danny Woodhead all time physical freak, like one of the great RA right. scores of all time. Right. He just kind of like bounces off stuff, like is really physically strong. Um he looks like a video game running back. Yes. Yes. Really he awesome. looks like he looks like uh, when you when you take a fullback and you just bump up the sliders a yes. little bit and you say Entirely. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a career mode where I just have a fullback. But he's I, I love I that feel guy. Very seen. In that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jake Funk would honestly not. It, he won't get drafted. I really don't think he will. But a nine point six RAS, a nine point seven six RAS, which is like dude, he's good. Like he's third good. overall. They're, I don't think they're drafting a running back though. I think no, I don't either. I think they're going to get. I think that's a, a mistake. UDFA. I think that's a mistake, but um, not the UDFA. But if he gets UDFA, then he's practice squad. Maybe they can turn him into a fullback. Right. Uh, yeah, they did just resign Juice, so they don't really need one. So. Yeah, there there are some decent running backs, especially at the top of this class. It'd be interesting where, like, maybe you just say, like, you know what, like our guy Larry loves talking running backs, um, and you throw just Larry say, a boat. <laughs> You say, you know what? Yeah, Kyle's, Kyle's been listening Kyle's to like, Larry's you know takes. What? He's like, you know what? I'm taking Javante Williams. Yeah, um, I get it. I get it. That, uh, wouldn't, that would not be a bad idea. Get like another star running back who you can basically split out as a wide receiver. Like, I think that they view Jeff Wilson as that guy. I think that they really like Jeff Wilson. Finally. I mean, it always takes three years for the obvious to become manifest. The guy that I'm really into, and this is, this is my final guy, Jalen Camp. He's a wide receiver out of Georgia Tech. I don't understand how he's a seventh round prospect. I don't. He do, he's not a clean route runner. Uh, I don't care because the dude just looks the part. He just makes plays. He's playing in the ACC. He's playing up against some really good corners in the ACC. He plays with a quarterback who looks like he just learned how to throw a ball earlier in the week. I'm just rewatching it, and my first <laughs> my first day was his quarterback is it's, his quarterback terrible. is throwing the football as if it is a medicine ball. And, uh, and and here's the thing, Georgia Tech obviously ran triple option for a long time under Paul Johnson, and uh, they have not for a couple of years now. But there's been a transfer of players and notions, and they they kind of did a half option thing for a, a minute. I believe it's Jeff Collins who's the coach, the Florida former Florida defensive coordinator, and a, a very good uh, recruiter of South Florida. Like they got some quarterbacks who can run, and like you know. Who who is the guy who was uh, at Wake Forest and then Georgia who opted out the quarterback? Jamie Newman. Yeah, Jamie Newman. Hot trash. I, I don't get it either. But um, by the way, he'll probably end up being the rookie of the year. But it's one of these things where like that's the Georgia Tech quarterback, except somehow infinitely worse. And uh, Jalen Camp just kept making plays. 
and just kept getting open. And you go, well, he's not the cleanest out of his break, and he kind of runs at one speed. You know who else did that? Kendrick fucking Bourne. Kendrick Bourne couldn't run a route to save his life, and he ran at one speed at all times. unless It was right. zero or 100. Didn't matter. Dude made plays. And uh, the Niners need, and this is a very specific role. This is a very specific position. Right. A third down daddy. There's no other name for it. It's third down daddy. That's the only time they go three wide. Jalen Camp. That's my Sh- guy. I like that. Shai Smith's also uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he was basically that for South Carolina. Yeah. And we know how they love South Carolina. They do. They really do. One guy who I don't think they're going to draft, um, but I bet the Seahawks do, is because uh, he's he's a mini DK, is Josh Bebe from Illinois, who's just – he's all muscle, 6'2", just like I see runs. It's, Does it- it's – he looks again. He looks like an alien who got a body right. at the beginning of the week. Right, and it's he. What you want do to talk I do about with his body? You want to talk about bad quarterback play? Illinois was. I couldn't even watch his tape anymore because Illinois is just so dreadful. Um, Lovey Smith, hell of a program. Right. It's it's brutal. What what position have we not talked about? Um, Did offensive line? I mean, we get to. Have you heard about this Mac Jones guy? Seems like a good day three option. Right. <laughs> it is funny how we were on the like, hey, Mac Jones might be undervalued. I don't. Th- I think he's better than a third round pick. Well, he, and then I remember I, I, I've been telling this story to people. I said Mac Jones at twelve isn't crazy, and you started laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You laughed me off of my own fucking podcast, and now he's going to go third. So jokes on you. It's me and Kyle against the world. I, I was like barely into the idea of him at the end of the first round and you, you talked me into it and I was like, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I guess he's got moxie. <laughs> if he's bringing both Waddle and Devante Smith with him, who, by the way, Devante Smith, uh, just eat some cheeseburgers or something. Dude, uh, I checked my weight and I weigh more than Devante Smith. That's a problem, folks. I could pick Jake look up at, and put him over my head. I'm, Look, I'm I'm very. We're very not recording skinny. the video on this. <laughs> We're not. This is no. just. That's a shame. That's a shame. I was just. I was doing. I was flexing my non-existent muscles, folks. You're, right. you're really going to miss out on that. I, I'm just saying. You know, Jake's been bulking up during during quarantine, as we all have. But nothing but raw muscle now. He weighs 342 pounds. I'll say this before uh, before we go: as my dog licks my leg, yep. um, we my really awkwardly staring at me through the door. This is about as little as we have really known or had a bead on a draft like ever. Unbelievable. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Which means uh, that I, all I, of I, our predictions are going to be accurate this time because they've right. usually been wrong and we feel like we got a good read on it. Right. Like I can tell you the positions the 49ers I think are going to target. and But like round two, there's like four positions, five actually, that are I think genuinely on the table. Yeah. And – I think it makes sense for them to target. Like yeah. uh, the one thing I do think is definitely going to happen is they're going to close the gap from that second round pick to the third round pick. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, I would, if I could put money on that. Um, well, I would never put money on that uh, because betting is bad and you should never do it. No, I think um, you should do it. I would just remind you that there's no reputable book that takes action on the NFL draft because it's such a goddamn tire fire. But other than that, right. But yeah, I, I think other than that, I don't know. And I'm kind of reveling in the fact that um, everyone's going to have a meltdown. Oh boy! Um, 
And and I kind of just, as somebody who has watched the Knicks, Mets, and Jets for my entire life and learned to feel nothing, yeah. this is sort of my sweet spot. We had this weirdness where I came and it was my first year on the beat and the 49ers were just going off 13-3 and three and going yeah. to the Super Bowl. And I was like, I don't like this. Um, I'm this uncomfortable with this. Doesn't jive with my personality. I need more chaos. Yeah. And now it's and now it's arrived. Congratulations, um, Kyle Shanahan's self-imposed doom, or maybe you know he makes us all look like idiots and it works out great. Uh, it'll probably be just fine. Um, but then Justin Fields and Trey Lance, or one of them at least, is going to have an astoundingly good career. And you know, Kyle's not even on. so much betting on Mac Jones as he is betting against those guys. And betting against the trend around the league. So good luck with that. Hey, there's no trend, remember? Hey, and guys, one thing, last thing before we go, remember, who knows if we live or die? You know, I don't know if if we're going to be here on Sunday. I don't even know if I'll be able to get this thing posted. You know? (laughs) Who's to say? I do love how Kyle has done that many times. I think he's been listening to Meshuggah. (laughs) Just like pure death metal, just... He's very. He's been very emo. Like. Grinding Jones tape and listening to Dashboard <laughs> Confessional. Oh, folks! Uh, I recommend drinking on Thursday night. Get alcohol in your body. Do Get, it. Do it early. We'll, oh, we'll then be do- live. We're gonna. We're oh gonna yeah, go we'll live. go on locker room. We'll go on locker room during it, uh, just to make sure that there's a safe space for everybody. While People we hit publish on our pre-written stories, damn right. Um, we will. Uh, we'll. We will be offering a safe space for all of our exactly all of our loyal listeners and others Uh, remember to breathe remember to breathe it's important to breathe it's important to breathe all right jake we'll talk later